And we are back, Devils on the Rush, episode 22. Devils had a West Coast swing where they melted the avalanche, unfortunately fell on the sword in Vegas, and anviled the Coyotes last night in a OT thriller. Alex, what'd you see this week? I uh, saw some good, saw some bad. Um, you know, the good. I saw some I think, in between. Yeah, something in between as well. Uh, I get the Coyotes game would be something in between, I think. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was another good week, mostly for the Devils. They got, what, five out of six points. Um, Colorado game was pretty impressive until it wasn't, and then it was again. Uh, so I guess we could start there because uh, that's what kicked off the week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think at points they were up 5-1. I'll be honest with our viewers. uh, I was out of the country this week, so I watched extended highlights. Um, But, I mean, no no issue scoring the puck in that game. Uh, Just seems like we couldn't put it away in in a timely fashion. Yeah, the Devils' offense came out firing uh, right out of the gate in that game. Palat got the scoring. Palat, by the way, obviously a listener of NJ Devils on the rush because uh, I put him in the dungeon last week, and what did he do? He scores a goal, uh, what, like a minute into the Avalanche game? So um, It's yeah. clear and obvious. It's just clear and obvious at this point. Yeah, some clutch stuff from him. He had a good week. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, their offense was – it was up 3-0 quickly on the Avalanche, and you could tell the Avalanche were kind of maybe a little bit shorthanded or just not up to, you know, Camel Card didn't play, and it didn't feel like they were up to their usual selves because it got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, the Devils were clearly the better team in the first period, and they got it all the way up to 5-1. But Vanacek had a really off night, and we'll talk about him in a little bit too because I'm starting to get a little concerned about his play, but... Uh, he did not have a good game against the Avalanche. That's why they were able to bring it back to 5-4, I think, before the Devils uh, went up 6-4. And then, uh, again, Nuchushkin, you know, he scores it to make 6-5 in the third period. And that's when Ruff pulled Vanacek for Akira Schmid uh, with about a minute and a half into the third period. And Schmid was fantastic in relief in that game. Made all 12 saves, uh, saved all 12 shots he faced. Uh, he looked like, you know, it was, it was a tough situation and he was just calm and collected and he helped the Devils ice that game. Uh, and it was a big two points because, you know, as we've talked about in previous episodes, their schedule is going to start to get pretty tough here this month. Start to. I mean, it already is. I mean, this is a, a season sweep of the defending Stanley Cup champions. Who would have thought uh, at the beginning of the season? But uh, very different from the first game against the Avalanche, where it was a yeah. 1-0, lock it down, rock em, sock em type of game. And this was just high-flying, goal-scoring, defense-optional uh, type of game here. Um, important to note, Dawson Mercer had an unreal game with four points, a goal and three assists. Uh, Nico had another great game, and same with Dougie. Um, offense doesn't seem to be the problem as of late. Uh, you know, putting up two seven seven goal games in a row, um, even again uh, against the Knights, Aiden Hill had had quite the that game. Was, but, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. That was bonkers stuff from him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, and this is without Timo for the first two games, so. Offense doesn't seem to be the issue. The first line seems to be clicking. They seem to have found a third line, which is awesome, which they've been kind of searching for all season. 
it seems like Wood has finally realized that he's in a contract year uh, and has started and started putting some points on the board. Um, maybe, you know, the uh, maybe I don't know if it's a little kick in the ass that Tom went and got Lazard. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe the bottom six feels a little threatened now, and that's why we're starting to see this show out. But I think we've seen signs of this third line uh, starting to poke its head uh, even before the trade deadline, um, and especially especially Hala at the third line center role has been consistent with Pilat on the wing and then insert Jesper this week, who's who's had quite the week as well. Yeah, I think um, Hala looks a lot more comfortable as a center, which you know I don't think really should be a surprise to anybody. But uh, he's not really scoring goals, but he's kind of doing everything else. He's setting up his teammates for them. He's playing pretty good defensively. Um, so really, not too many complaints about his game. Uh, he does look well. Good he's close to a career high in assists, I believe. So shout out yeah, to him I mean, on that. Yeah, he had a couple against the Coyotes too. So and. Um, yeah, I think Boquist does fit in really well on that line because he's good defensively and he can forecheck. And now he's starting to get rewarded on the score sheet for it a little bit more, um, which is good to see because I think he's been playing well for most of the season. But um, yeah, that was a good game for the Devils offensively. I think kind of everyone showed up. Uh, I didn't even really think they played bad defensively. It was just Vanacek had an awful night. Um thought the defense was actually pretty good and it looked worse because Vanacek had... I what was arguably his worst outing of the season uh was close to it at least so there was a lot of good unfortunately it seems like we we, we came to be keep saying that uh a little too often yeah just like the last like three or four starts he's had um he is a streaky goalie that's kind of comes part of the package with him um but yeah that wasn't a good game and fortunately his teammates picked him up another good night for tatar i think he had a goal and two assists that night as well so that top line keeps you know, cruising and uh, it's a good win going into Vegas, which was uh, that was quite the performance from the Devils. But for those who watched, I mean, Aiden Hill, I think that was one of the best goaltending performances of the season for sure. Yeah, I I I was over across the pond uh, and I woke up to the start of the third period and what a start uh, yeah. that was. Um, I, I mean, the and then over- text at the, about yeah. like midnight for that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> uh, was was enjoying some croissants and macarons, but um, it was another encouraging performance. I mean, I think that's the thing we need to get into. The, this is the Devils that we saw in the beginning of the season, and it's continued yeah. again this week. High-paced hockey, um, out-shooting teams, um, out-skating teams, win meter way in their favor in a lot of these games. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the Coyotes game in a second. But uh, it, it, it seemed like besides the second period in this Knights game, they, they pretty much dominated. Yeah, they really – I mean, that first period was impressive stuff. It was kind of – they were a little unfortunate to only be up 2-1 after the first intermission, uh, intermission because they really just clobbered the Golden Knights um, in that period. And I, I guess that was a sign of things to come because Aiden Hill – you know, he was just, uh, I mean, there was nothing. He was unconscious in the third period in overtime. Uh, he wasn't like, getting anything get past him in the shootout, of course. Uh, he was really like the only reason Vegas won that game. Because if you look at the deserve to win meter for that game, it was like 89 to like 11 for the Devils or something like that. Like that's how good they were. I think that's were. how the math works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to think there. I'm still recovering from the trade deadline. So, um 
but yeah, it was um, something around there for the Devils. And uh, I mean, I think they finished that game with like six expected goals at all strengths, which is pretty insane uh, when you include power play overtime. And then, yeah, the shootout. I mean, Devils haven't been great in the shootout for a while, but I think they could have put their best moves on. And I don't think Aiden Hill was letting one get past them at that point because shots, I think, in overtime were something, at least shot attempts were like 11-1 for the Devils. And I think shots on goal were even like 8 nothing or 9 nothing. Vegas didn't even have a shot on goal in the 3-on-3. And Aiden Hill was just making ridiculous save after ridiculous save. So, yeah, that was a good game for the Devils. They still got a point out of it, which is fine considering where they are in the standings. Um you know, they were the better team. You have to be happy with the process. And sometimes goalies just steal a game. And that's what happened against Vegas. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, you, you just you would like to see one of those in overtime go in uh, as, yeah. as crazy as Aiden Hill was. Uh, you'd like to see one of them bury him. Um, but I think I think it's encouraging hockey. Uh, it, you know, that that's what you can ask for. I think, you know, the only question mark right now, and I don't think it's a huge question mark, is can we get some more consistency back in that? But I thought Schmid had a good game. Nothing yeah, to phone home about. But he definitely deserved to win that game after how well the team played in front of him. I think, you know, five out of six on the road, you can't complain about that, especially with yeah. what you're seeing with other teams around them. Um, they're keeping pace with the Hurricanes, and we'll, we'll get into that later in the show with, with the big game coming up this Sunday. Dawson Mercer continued his hot streak in that game with another goal. Uh, that first line has just been on a tear uh, come, come as of recently. Nico's you know, I, I think we're seeing even a, a step up in Nico's game now. He's winning all those dirty board plays and and setting up Mercer and and even Tatar. It's 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 really great to see we're back on that as we call it captain shit from Nico, uh, pretty consistently as of the past couple weeks. Um, so that's great to see, and we're getting the depth scoring again. Uh, that was a little bit of a concern, I think, when um, Jack was on his heater, right? Jack kind of put the team on his back, and they were just winning games because Jack was having four-point nights consistently. Now, you know, he's still having a point or two a game, which is, I guess, cooled off for him. Uh, hasn't scored in a while, but, uh, well, that's not true. I guess he scored in the Flyers game. But my my point is, is it's nice to see that depth scoring come back to this team because if they're going to make a nice run in the playoffs, that's, that's going to have to continue. But and also keep keep some um, symmetry across these lines, right? It, we're not we're not going into games where he's putting lines in a blender, and and we're hoping for the best. It seems like he's you know Lindy's rough is is comfortable with what he's putting on the uh, putting on the ice uh, night in and night out. Yeah, like you definitely can't break up the Heischer line right now with the way they're playing. Like I know it's kind of tempting to put Timo Meyer alongside Heischer, but. I mean, Tatar and Mercer have been so good with him that, like, until they just, I guess, fall off the earth, um, you can't break them up. And you want Meyer to get some reps with Hughes and Bratt to just kind of get used to him for a few games, to them for a few games. So you don't want to touch that. And then, of course, the Hollow line um, is playing really well with Palat and Boquist, too. So, yeah, no reason to break up anything you're doing right now with these line combos. Even the BMW line has been playing pretty well. I mean, Miles Wood did get the game-tying goal um, against Vegas, uh, 3-3. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing better. I think he's got six points in his last seven games or something like that because uh, I don't think he got anything against the Coyotes. But, 
Uh, the BMW line has been playing better too. And, you know, we haven't even seen Curtis Lazar. Uh, he said he's going to be with the team, uh, I think, earlier this week. Uh, at, at least that's his hope. So that's another little depth piece you have. And then you have Sharon Govich, who is a healthy scratch. I know he's not been playing well lately, but uh, that's pretty good depth when you can have Sharon Govich as your extra forward for the time being. So there's a lot of good stuff to come out of that uh, first two games of the week before we get into the Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Sharon Govich piece is, is quite interesting, right? Because in previous couple seasons, we're like, oh, maybe we got a diamond in the rough here. Like, he's got a wicked wrist shot. Um, finally, the, the Devils seem to have maybe found a depth score, um, but it, it definitely seems like he's taken a, a step back in the past couple months and, and might be the, the player that's that 13th, 14th forward uh, as they go into the stretch because um, it seems like no one <clears throat> in the starting lineup right now is going to get yanked with how well they're playing. Yeah, so he's going to have to earn his way back into the lineup somehow or someone's you know, going to have to fall off a cliff here. I mean, Boquist is playing pretty well right now, uh, so you don't want to take him out of the lineup, at least for the next Boquist is playing the best hockey of his NHL career. Yeah, I, I, mean, think that's, I think it's safe to say. Close to it, at least. He, people, like, I think some fans definitely forget, like, he was pretty good at the stretch run last year, and it didn't mean anything, obviously, because the team stunk. But he had, like, I think 18 points in, like, his last 35 games or something like that. So he played pretty well last season too but i think this year he just looks more comfortable um uh, i discount those points though i discount those points right you can't discount them at least for him individually Uh, yeah but i think also the stretch run of last year that you know teams weren't playing their best hockey against the devils because they knew they were a down team i think this year everyone's given their best run against a very strong devils team third in the league you know everyone's coming to play night in and night out so that's why I would say, you know, right now this is way more impactful than the points he had last season. Yeah, I mean, for the team, I definitely agree with that. But for him individually, like it showed last season that he's capable of scoring. Um, like Fair enough. Two, two shots against the two goals he had against the Coyotes were goal scorers goal, goals, especially the second one. I mean, that was just the one timer um, from a great pass from Andre Palat. I guess we can get into that Coyotes game now since we're just basically transitioning into it right now. But. Yeah, Bocas in that line, I mean, that was kind of the reason. The Devils were not at their best against the Coyotes. A um, little sloppy in their own end. And Lindy Ruff had even mentioned it in his post-game press conference that he did outdoors and there were airplanes flying over him and it was kind of hard to hear what was going on what there. A joke for the league. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I thought, listen, I've not been to Arizona, but, you know, Mullet Arena looks like a cool environment. Just Bocas said himself, it reminded him of playing at home in Sweden and like the smaller European uh, ranks that they have there. You know, it's only 5,000 people, and maybe that's why he scored two goals because he felt like he was playing at home again. Uh, who back knows? in the SKHL. Yeah, he's back Yeah, back in the SHL. So, um, I, but that line was really carrying the Devils at 5-5. Five and five. Palat was, uh, and Ruff mentioned this too in his postgame too, the Palat was like heavy on the forecheck. Hala was setting up his teammates for a lot of uh, chances. He had two assists. And obviously, Bocas had two big goals, and they were really carrying play at 5-on-5. Five five. I think the Devils had like a 17-4 shot attempt advantage with them on the ice, and their expected goals percentage was like 85% or 84% with the those three on the ice. So they really kind of carried that game because uh, the Devils weren't at their best. And even though Timo Meyer scored a goal, you could tell, tell especially on the two, that line was on the ice for, I think, two goals. Two again. goals. Yeah. So you could tell he's still not like, 
and obviously this will take time. It's not a criticism of him or anything like that. He's just not used to the system yet, especially defensively. But, you know, he did scored a typical Timo Meyer goal by getting to the net front and just putting home a rebound off a Dougie Hamilton shot. So you're going to see a lot of that from him. And once he gets more comfortable with the system too, he should come more frequently. So, um, but it was good to see that their depth pieces picked them up. Like you had mentioned before, because like they really stepped up in that uh, Coyotes game when the Devils, you know, a players weren't like at a hundred percent in that game. Yeah. I mean, my impression of the game and, and I, I got home just in time for puck drop, uh, was in the driveway by 7.03. I think puck drop <laughs> nice. was at 7.10. Uh, I was ripping and roaring. I was, I, you know, told Mrs. Fisherman, uh, sorry, you know, we had a nice little trip in Paris, but, uh, it was time for, uh, devil's hockey again. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but my impression was, is like, listen, like, I think that team just wanted to get home, right? I think they almost – it was almost like a game where, like, they knew they were going to win at some point. It was just like, let's just get there. Like, when's this game going to end type of thing? They they felt like they were in control even – even most of the game. Um, Just some dumb, sloppy plays. I mean, the defense sliding all over the ice. Um, they didn't do VTech any favors. I I wouldn't put a lot of the goals on him. Maybe the one where he should have gloved it. Yeah, um, that was the one. The re- yeah, yeah, stop the re- Cassian's rip. I think right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the most part, though, it just felt like they were in control of that game. They kind of just were like, oh, the, it, it almost seemed like the Coyotes were like the annoying younger brother, and I think you can relate to this. Um, and they they were kind of just holding them at bay, and then the younger brother got a couple shots in, but then finally they put him to bed with the with a nice Nico uppercut uh, to end in in overtime. And think I was I was really just pissed off that it went to overtime because I did not want to stay up late last night. I was I was hurting for some sleep, um, but yeah, uh, at least didn't go to the shootout. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Nico heard me forty three seconds in, put that on the bed with an absolute Nico special up the wing. Yeah, uh, there was no the chance he was. Yeah, there was no chance he was passing that. I mean, if you're the defense, you got to see that's Hala. There's zero chance he's passing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, plus he's a, a left-handed shot coming down the right side, so he's got the angle. He's, he's going to yeah, have the exactly. angles there. So. And he and he loves hitting that far post. He loves hitting that far post when he's yeah. when he's coming down on the break. Um, Mullet Arena. Uh, I heard a lot of "Let's Go Devils" chants. So shout yeah, out to were, the fans. There was a lot of Devils fans there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't know. I, it, was Trey at the game? Did you catch yeah, up with Trey? Yeah, he goes to Arizona State, I think, or did, or some point. So he was there. Uh, he was there asking questions. I think even in the uh, presser at the end with the players and Lindy Ruff. Yeah, um, it's it's you know, listen, I uh, it's a throwaway game, right? They 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 want it. Let's go home. We got a big week ahead, especially with with uh, the Maple Leafs coming into town on Tuesday. Just one of those games that, as I said, annoying little brother, and they finally put him to bed in OT. Uh, nothing more than that. I thought, you know, Dougie had a couple of mistakes in, in the defensive zone, poor clearances. Uh, Timo Meyer, you know, got, got the first one. And let's remember, he hasn't played in nearly two weeks. Yeah. Right? He, he's had – Yeah. He, he, he looked – fast he looked like he could keep up with jack and jesper it just seemed like new dance partners they just 
you know, maybe they were stepping on, on each other's cho- toes a little bit, right, on the first first couple songs. But, you know, I think in the next couple games, they'll really get used to each other. You could definitely tell he's not familiar with Lindy's system yet. Yeah, it's a uh, especially, system. Yeah, especially from a four-checking perspective and from a defensive zone perspective where you would expect the winger to be a little bit more outside um, or on the opposite side. You, you saw him... Uh, getting caught next to another devil's player and that and you don't want to see that right you don't want two defenders on one on one opposing player because then that means someone's open right and I think we saw that a couple times with him but that 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 will come with time and but the effort was there you could see him rubbing players off the puck laying the body everything you expected from a big power forward physical player Um, you know no lack of effort whatsoever I thought he came out there he wanted to make an impression he wanted to let everyone know hey I'm here I'm playing for the Devils now. Um, and as you said, typical Timo Meyer goal. Um, you know, there wasn't any instances where I thought there was lack of effort or maybe a player got by him and he, you know, was lazy, unlike someone across the river uh, that we saw multiple times in the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to the super team, right? Um, so, you know, it's 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 encouraging. And, and that line, that the players are too good not to figure it out offensively. And, you know, what's figuring it out? They already had a goal together in the first nine minutes. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you could tell there's that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I, there's going to be nights where they score three goals. I mean, it's just it's just going to happen. Um, one thing to note, I thought Jack looked the best he's looked since he's come back from injury. Um, I thought he was doing his dipsy doodles and making the passes and skating through defenders. And yeah, he looked good in the Vegas game too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I I, yeah, I didn't so catch no, I all that just, one. Yeah, so like you're building yeah. up. He's building on it for sure. He's building up, right? And and that's good, right? Because as you said, we're hitting this stretch run here, and he and he's gonna and he, and then the puck luck's gonna come. He's gonna start scoring again. Uh, it was a little unfortunate. He did have that big whiff in the Coyotes game. Um, but, yeah, when he fanned on the shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if you were gonna pick a game for Timo to make his debut. It would have to be against the Coyotes, right? A, it's a team he's familiar with, um, but B, it's it's you know a glorified AHL team. Sorry, I mean they have one line basically, uh, yeah. and, and two good, you know, yeah, and and, and 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 two good goalies actually, which would, goalies, yeah, yeah, which is kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, outside of that, I've got nothing else to say on the Coyotes game. We can probably put that one to bed, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, that pretty much sums up the week, I think, for, you know, five out of six points, you know. I, don't really I mean, that's what you game. want, right, on a road trip. Five out of six points, yeah. you, you played two two uh, playoff teams, uh, potentially the team that's coming out of the West when they're fully healthy. Um, i I'd be honest with you, I think the Knights are, are frauds. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about them. Yeah, I got yeah, a hard time. But that's the team we lost to, right? But I hate yeah. the shootout. Oh my god. Yeah. I swear to I swear, if if hockey was just three on three, like that one that one game that came out, what in the early two thousand hits or whatever, it was just three yeah. on three, the devils the devils would be undefeated. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah. Their three-on-three play is outrageous. Yeah, it would be cool if they – and I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was McDavid who said this, if they go to like 10-minute three-on-three just to kind of get rid of the shootout. And like if you go to a shootout after to 10-minute three-on-three, it's like whatever. But they happen a lot less frequently if you go to 10-minute on three-on-three. So, yeah, I kind of hope that's a change the NHL makes in the next season or two because uh, the shootout I – don't, I don't even think people like the shootout anymore. It used to have like a kind of – when they first brought it in, it feels like – there was like kind of an excitement toward it, but now everyone's like, oh, this, this is a crappy way to end the game. Well, cause I think people look at the stats and they're like, this real, this doesn't reflect the better team whatsoever. Yeah, it's just it's, a skills, skills competition. competition. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we could put the, put that to bed. Uh, let's hit a couple of team news and maybe some league news as well. Uh, the Devils did make one acquisition at the deadline in Curtis Lazar from Vancouver for a 2024 fourth round pick. Alex, I have my opinion on this move. I'm uh, curious to hear yours first. Uh, just uh, to me, it seems like a bit of a just a fourth line depth kind of move. He's a good defensive player. He's going to face off. He plays physically. Um, he would become the team's leader in hits per game, I think. So he has like 124 and 45 games this season or somewhere around there. Uh, he's under contract for two more seasons after this at a cap of $1 million. So if, you know, Miles Wood, Nathan Bastion, Michael McLeod, they don't end up with the team next season or the next couple of seasons, they move on to, you know, other, uh, locations, He's uh, on the. He's got a little bit of team control, so that's always a good thing. Um, you know, I think it's kind of hard to see where he'll play at first. Um, I don't think his skating is much better than Bastion's, so I don't think he just add, he wouldn't add like a, a speed dimension to him. But you know, if someone gets hurt too, that would be an option uh, for him to come in. But definitely the kind of player that you want to have for a stretch run one things get a little physical and you get towards the playoffs and especially you want to rest players. I think a little bit too down the stretch, if you have to, especially with the cushion, the devils have built up. I mean, they're nine points up on the Rangers with like 20 games left to go. It's going to be tough for the Rangers to even catch them for second place at this point. So he's uh, just some fresh, just a fresh body to help for the rest of the season and a little bit of depth moving forward uh, for 2023, 24 and the following season. Yeah, I mean, no spit, sandpaper type of guy right here, right? Uh, yeah, he, meat and potatoes, like he said. Yeah, he he's gonna he's gonna f up some people's lives uh, down this stretch. Um, <laughs> but to your point, like he's, I don't see him playing in a playoff game. Uh, if I'm being yeah, quite honest, I don't either. the only time I might see him in a playoff game is if the Devils get completely out out physical or you know truba you know tries and takes someone's head off and we got to put him in next game just to just to straighten that out um but i think this is a shrewd move by fitz uh and 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 for the reasons you already hit on right this is a move for next season and the season after there's no chance wood is coming back i'm sorry i'm sorry to say it i mean you know He's a beautiful human being, but there's no chance he's coming back next season. So this is this is a player that you have control over for the next two seasons at $1 million. I mean, these are the players the Devils are going to have to have if you're going to re-sign a brat and a Meyer. You're going to need these low contracts with l- control, um, someone that's going to be a bottom six forward that brings some grit, brings some brings some size. I mean, I know he's not the tallest guy, but he, he's pr- he plays heavy. Uh, and you know, I think it'll be, it'll be good, 
good for the seasons to come, especially um, with a, a smaller forward group um, minus Meyer now. But, you know, I think it's a shrewd move by Fitz. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, just some depth. And I'm sure Ruff kind of, you know, emphasized maybe they need a little bit of that to close out the season. And Fitz went out and did it. So, yeah, uh, nothing yeah. fancy, but it's good. He, He's definitely playing in the Rangers game. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, for sure. Put put your money on it. March 30th, Curtis is in the lineup, and that goes without saying. I mean, if he gets here even for this week, you know, with visa issues and stuff, I would not be surprised if he's in the Capitals game uh, this week. So that's Thursday, I think, right? Or That is Thursday. Yep, that is Thursday, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you have a back-to-back this weekend. So, like, if rough, rough... And, and and I hate to use a soccer reference here, but you it, it, you might be good to get some rotation in the lineup just to save some legs here and there. Um, because I mean, God, the schedule, yeah, Gary, what are you doing here, bud? I mean, they basically play every other day this month. It's pretty hectic. This is a some COVID back-to-back. schedule. Yeah, this is yeah, a COVID schedule. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I think the next like set of two days off in a row is not for like another two or three weeks or something like that. So yeah, they're gonna have to rotate players in and out of the lineup. That's why Brendan Smith is gonna get back into the lineup here soon. Yeah, I, but that's something we should talk talk about. I think Kevin Ball has been has been quite good, and I think he's overtaken Smith for the sixth defenseman spot. Yeah, him and Severson play really well together. Um, And it's like, I wrote it about it in my takeaway for the Coyotes game. They got something like a 64% expected goals percentage as a pair this season. And it's in a pretty decent sample size of like 170 minutes. And I think Ruff has recognized that. So, you know, as barring, you know, injuries from popping up, I would think that Ball and Severson are going to stick as the regular third pair here moving forward. And, you know, Brendan Smith good veteran presence to have like if you want to just get some fresh legs in there and stuff like that good player to have around and i'm sure he'll get back into the lineup here in the next you know few games especially since they have a back-to-back to close out the week yeah i guess i can definitely see like a sharon govich smith double switch coming for the uh canadians game um, yeah i could definitely see you- that as well you want to you want to rest up for for that hurricanes game and we'll get into that in a little bit um should we move into our three favorite sections yeah let's do it all right it's time for stat attack alex why don't you kick us off yeah so we're gonna i've kind of not hinted about about it but i I talked a lot about them in the the coyotes game and we're gonna go with something for the andre palat eric hall and jesper boquist line I haven't played a lot together this game. Uh, the season's only six games and about 42 minutes together, but uh, the Devils are really controlling play when these three are on the ice. They have a 77.8 expected goals percentage. Um, and obviously the sample size is not a lot, but that would rank first among Devils line combinations this season. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how that you know trend goes as the sample size gets bigger at 77.8 percent is not sustainable moving forward but i think the devils like you said before really found themselves a third line here and i think all three players complement each other pretty well it looks like palat's finally gotten comfortable in that role too and then you have a bit of a defensive forechecking aspect with boquist and you know um palat's always been good on the forecheck and hollow's pretty good two-way player if he could just start scoring goals I mean, he's kind of due at this point. If he starts scoring goals, that third line could really be a weapon uh, down the stretch. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, th- could this be the devil's shutdown line? Uh, I, I think, I think so. Right? I think if this team can 
if we can put them out against the other team's first or second best line uh, in home games um, where, where you have the last change, that could be hugely beneficial, right? Because, um, and then, then that could free free up the first two lines against lesser competition. Yeah, I agree with that. And like Hollow gets a lot of shit from fans on social media because he's not scoring goals, but like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. But I think he's actually well, played pretty well for the Devils this season. Just all the armchair GMs on Twitter are, yeah. are you know, it's it's Twitter is it. as you like to say, it's a magical hellscape. But um, yeah, Hollow is uh, he's I think he's been pretty good for them this season. Two way, good two way presence. Uh, he's kind of doing everything else but scoring goals. And I think uh, yeah, with him and Palat and Boquist, you kind of have three players that are capable of doing a little bit of everything. So yeah, they could be. Ruff could have his shutdown line here with a little bit of offensive upside too. So we'll see how they do against some tougher competition in the next couple of weeks because the schedules, they've got the Florida man week coming up and then you got the Leafs and the Canes this week. So we'll see how they hold up against those types of teams. Yeah, definitely. Mine's going to be a little bit of an appreciation for uh, Dougie. Um, it's just a just a short little stat and shout out to our friend of the pod, Todd Cor- Cordell. Um, Dougie Hamilton has a plus 22 goal differential at 5-5 and is on pace for 24 goals and 81 points. Um, I mean, he he's on pace to break Scott Stevens' record uh, for most points by a New Jersey Devils defenseman. Uh, I don't have the most complicated stat, but that's never been my thing anyway, right? So, uh, good. yeah, I leave that one to you, Alejandro. But the, the 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 thing I want to say is is listen I know Dougie gives up bad turnovers here and there and it maybe isn't the most astute defenseman but what he is doing on the offensive side the way he drives play is outstanding and it's and you know I know Greg Wyshynski dropped his NHL award column today and it was absolute garbage garbage that the only person that got any recognition was Lindy Ruff. And this is not saying Lindy Ruff doesn't deserve a shout for the Jack Adams. He most certainly does. But the fact that Dougie Hamilton's not even an honorable mention for, for the Calder or, or, you know, I'm not even going to get into the Norris. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. The Norris, geez, it's been a long, long couple of days, but but he's not even an honorable mention or the fact that Nico's not even an honorable mention for Selkie is just baffling, but we won't even get into that. I understand it's Patrice's this yeah, year and this it's not even a question, yeah. but Nico yeah. definitely deserves a shout and Dougie most definitely deserves a shout. These are all career years for career um, achievements for Dougie. It, it's just, I'm, I'm baffled, but yeah. uh, that's my, that's my stat attack. All right, well, that's a good one. You think of him, I think, was it Cam Robinson tweeted last night, like, that Dougie Hamilton's, like, gone for, like, a point per game, and, like, no one's really talking about it, which is, yeah, I kind of agree with that. It's, like, it's kind of surprising he's not getting a little more attention around the league, um, especially since he has, like, some team records that he's chasing. It's, like, if he breaks Scott Stevens' record, that's kind of a pretty big deal. Um, so Oh, yeah, um, breaking a Hall of Famer's record? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think that's, like, sort of a big deal, so, like, We'll see if it catches more attention here in the final weeks of the season. But, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that more people aren't like, uh, hey, Dougie Hamilton's on pace for 80 points here. You know, why why, uh, why is no one really talking about it? It's all right. We'll get our due. We'll, get, we'll show them in the playoffs. Exactly. All right. We'll go into my favorite section, and this is going to be Devil's 
dungeon. Alex, who are you throwing in this week? Yeah, so I gotta throw Vitek Vanacek in the dungeon. Um, you know, this has worked with Palat, so maybe Vitek's, you know, fellow Czech, they, maybe they listen to it together, I don't know, after some hibachi or something. But, um, yeah, Vitek has not played well. <laughs> we have a little visitor here, I see. <laughs> Uh, Dolly's first appearance on the pod. Yeah, Lucille, uh, she was jealous that Lucille was getting all the airtime, so she had to come say hello. Exactly. Um, what was I saying? Oh, right, Vitek Vanacek in the dungeon. Yeah, he's uh, his last four starts, he's got below 900 save percentage. Um, the Coyotes game, he wasn't great, but he wasn't he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. Uh, and, you know, it's good that if he's going to go through a stretch like this, good that he goes through it now while the Devils are still winning games, too. Um, but they need better from him, and if he's going to get the start against the Maple Leafs, you know, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then tonight, um, it's, you know, he needs to have a good game there, and they need to get him back going on the right track, because if he's not going for the playoffs, I don't really think they can get out of the first round. So, Yeah, I completely agree, and I was going to ask you, do you think he's getting the start against the Leafs? I would go to him against the Leafs because, uh, you know, they're going to be down John Tavares and Ryan O'Reilly. Let him play out of this rut a little bit. Yeah, so the Leafs are going to be a little bit shorthanded, so it might not be a bad opportunity to get him in there. Um, and also, if he does well against a team that still has Austin Matthews, William Lander, and Mitch Marner, uh, you know, even without Tavares and O'Reilly, they're pretty stacked. So if he has a good game, you can get him going. If not, you just go to Akira. Um, on Thursday, or McKenzie if he's back. I don't know what the status is there, but they do need to get Vanacek going somehow. So, uh, you know, you don't want him going in and to slump into the playoffs. Unfortunately, there's still plenty of time to get him uh, in the right direction. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, my Devil's Dungeon is going to be a uh, little bit unique this week. I'm throwing MSG Networks in the dungeon. Like, sack up and send the team on the West Coast trip. This whole broadcast from the studio in Secaucus or wherever the hell it is, oh my God. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Like, if anything, just let the, just give me the home team's broadcast and you do something in, 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 in the studio for intermission. All right. And this is not, you know, anything against Bill and Dano. I mean, it's it's this is this is James Dolan being a cheap sob again. Um, I, I just it's disgusting. All right, send 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 the team, or or use someone else's broadcast. I can't do this whole, you know, calling the game from the studio. I hate it. Yeah, Done. I don't like. I don't follow the Rangers and the Islanders enough to know if they have. They like, did. The, the Rangers did the same thing. They did oh, the so same not- thing. Yeah, and I it's was not just the devil thing. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I talked with the Rangers fan today. They did the same thing. Um, they hate Dolan just as much as I do. <laughs> so uh, it, it is what it is. But it's it's just disgusting at this point. Send yeah. the team or don't do it at all. I yeah, mean, it's, thing, that's... Yeah, go ahead. No. Okay, you, you got it. Yeah. yeah, the thing I have, like, the issue is, like, you're watching the game, too, and, like, the audio is out of sync. Like, the sh- you hear the ping of the post before the puck even hits the post, and you're like, what's going on here? Um, it lessens the broadcast, too, when you don't have Danico and Bill and, you know, Erica, or even Bryce, if he's traveling with them, too, if they're not there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's not just the Devils, obviously, maybe MSG's not doing too well right now. I mean, they got a, a you know... They're doing the whole streaming with $30 a month here. So, um, 
what's going on there? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. All at right. All. Um, yeah, they're doing the whole thirty dollars a month thing with MSG Plus coming up. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. But yeah, definitely, I agree with you. It's like it's just like adds less value to the broadcast when they're not there. Yeah, it, it, but it just makes it choppy and ugly and, you know, I mean, Daniel has enough trouble calling the game in, in person. Now you're going to make him call it through a TV? I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. So that that's my devil's dungeon for the week. All right, well, good dungeon. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's get into three stars of the week. Alex, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so I haven't, don't think I've uh, given him a three-star of the week this year, but my third is uh, going to be Jesper Boquist. Um, you know, we talked about him a lot um, earlier in the episode, but had a really good week. Um, two-way play is always there, but he's starting to score goals. Had two goals, obviously, against the Coyotes, and then he had an assist in the Golden Knights game, I believe. Um so he's playing pretty good hockey right now, and you know it makes Lindy Ruff. It's a good problem to have when you can't take him out of the lineup for someone like Sharon Govich or even Curtis Lazar, who will be with the team soon enough. So he's my third star of the week. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, I think he's going to be an honorable mention for me this week. Um, I know he won as the game against the Coyotes, but I mean there was a lot of good performances by the Devils this week, and a lot of people that put up points. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with Tomas Tuna Tatar. Um, I think he's been a little bit of an unsung hero on that first line. I know Dawson's had his streak and Nico's doing his shit again. Um, but I think tu- Tuna's doing a great job winning the battles on the board um, and really, really getting in the nitty gritty for that line. Um, so I think he deserves a little love, and I think he's got the best suit game on the team. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go with uh, Tomas Tuna Tatar as my third star. Yeah, I love Tatar, so anytime he gets some recognition, I'm good with it. Yeah. So who you got for the second star? Uh, so you uh, mentioned Dougie before in your stat uh, attack. I'm going with him as my second star. Um, yeah, obviously he had the bad turnover that led to the Coyotes game tying goal with about two minutes left in the third period. But um, overall, he was great this week. He had four points, a goal and three assists. Two of the assists were primary assists. Um, he got, I think it was it. Yeah, on Timo Meyer's shot, the uh, goal. That's the, he uh, it was Meyer who collected a rebound off a of Hamilton shot. And then Hamilton sprung he should loose on the two on one against the Coyotes for the game winning goal. So um just kind of did more Dougie stuff this week. And uh, so I got to give him some love for that. So he's my second star. Just continuing to do the Dougie stuff. I mean, it's, it's, you know, at some point you think, oh, is this going to stop? But he's probably, you know, I, I hate to say, you know, with how great Jack's been, but consistently he has been at the same level for a while now. Right. Yeah. It's 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 been very consistent, especially as a defenseman being a point per play point uh point per game player and also with with a, a power play that's only like league average, right? It's not yeah. like it's a top ten power play and he's just raking up the points on the power play. No, these are all a lot of even strength points that he's getting. So, you know, I completely agree with you there with Dougie. Um, But I'm going to, you know, I I think it's tough not to go with Dawson, right? He had a four point game. He kept, he scored in, in two of the three games. So, and, and he really should have scored against the Coyotes. I mean, yeah, he he had had a ton of chances. Yeah. Four or five golden opportunities there um, that Nico and Tatar set him up with. So, um, I'm going to go with Dawson as the second star. Um, 
kid continues to to show his his worth, how valuable he is to this team, and and to show how dangerous this team can be if he's playing at this level consistently, right? I mean, this just shows to how well this organization has drafted over the past couple seasons. You have two arguably top 10 players under the age of 21 in this league right now. That's that's unreal. Yeah, I was going to go with Dawson actually as my first start. Um, so, yeah, kind of just like segue into that because he's been, I mean, it was another great week from him. He had, what, I think like six points. Yeah, six points. I'm looking on natural stat trick. Yeah, six points, two goals, four assists. I mean, three of the assists were secondary assists, but whatever. He was still a beast. Um you know, he's game winning goal of, against the Avalanche. Yeah, I mean he had a ton of scoring chances, a ton of high danger chances. If I'm looking at this right, I think he led the team in high danger chances at all strengths last uh, last week. Yeah, he had eleven high danger chances, which led the team um at all strengths last for the last week play. Um I wrote about it in my Coyotes uh takeaway because he still collected a point uh in that game despite his goal streak coming to an end. He got the primary assist on Severson's power play goal. So that extended his point streak to nine games, and he has 10 goals and 16 points over that nine-game point streak, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, those are like Jack Hughes-like numbers. So I, I don't know how sustainable that is with a player like Mercer, but he's playing his best hockey of his career right now, and he's really gelling on what is the devil's best line at the moment. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, I think, you know, you heard me. He's my second star. But I'm going to go with a little bit uh, unique one here, and I'm going to go with Damon Severson. I think Damon Severson, um, listen, I know he doesn't have the gaudy numbers that Dougie has had over this season, um, but I think this last stretch of play for Damon has been great. He's um, really, really playing well, um, and – he had a great game against the Coyotes. Uh, I think he had a good game against the Avalanche and the Knights as well. He's really sliding into that third third line pairing with Ball. And, and, and I think the most reason I want to give him the first star this week is because he catches so much flack from this Devils fan base where, you know, listen, Dougie makes mistakes, Graves makes mistakes, Marino makes mistakes, but anytime Damon makes a mistake, it's like the, the world's ending. Right. And, and I just don't think it's fair. And I think he deserves some recognition. Um, I know he probably doesn't listen or whatever, but listen, I think he is going to be very valuable in this in this stretch. And I think he's actually almost a little bit of an X factor as we get into the playoffs. Right. Because if you think about it, a lot of coaches shorten the bench as you get into the playoffs. You, you, you get a lot of. Uh, first and second pair defensemen, occasionally the third pair. But I think this is what's different with the Devils is is that they have the option to go with that third pair because you have a stalwart like Damon on the back end that provides them a little bit of an edge against these other playoff teams. Yeah, he's better than your average third pair defenseman. Um, So yeah, that's definitely like a, a, I don't know if weapon is the right word, but it's definitely a tool that Lindy Ruff has at his disposal here because... Not many teams will have a third-pair defenseman at Damon Severson's caliber in the playoffs, so that's definitely a good thing to have. And like you said, he was fantastic against the Coyotes. I thought that was one of his best games of the season. Um, so hopefully he keeps it up because they'll need him uh, you know, for this month for sure, at least before they get to the playoffs in April. Yeah, definitely. So I know maybe it, it's not the gaudiest pick and whatnot, but for me, I think Damon deserves some recognition. Yeah, I'm always here for Damon Love, so it's good. 
And uh, for those who haven't seen it, maybe go check out his wife's reaction to him not getting <laughs> traded at the deadline. Yeah, that was that, that was, was that was pretty good. Was pretty that priceless. was a choice. That was yeah. a choice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I've actually been to where they've been to dinner. Uh, oh, really? Before. Yeah, oh. it's uh, it's a it's a dinner slash cabaret show uh, in New York City. I uh, took a buddy of mine there for his bachelor party. So um, great time. Go check it out. It sure looked uh, like no, a good time. Yeah. I'm not going to name the name of it because uh, no free ads, but here we go. <laughs> uh, let's look at the uh, let's look at the week ahead here, right? Busy, busy week. And we'll probably record next Monday again just because of how busy it is. But we've got the Maple Leafs at home on Tuesday. Got the Capitals away on Thursday. And then we travel up to Montreal on Saturday, and then back-to-back bringing home the division title game on Sunday against the Canes. I mean, wowzer. This is this is, this is going to be a tough week, Alex. What, what, what are you expecting from it? Yeah, so, like, I'd be perfectly fine with uh, – so, what, we got four games, right? So, I'd be good with, like, four out of eight points. Like, that's probably a good week uh, given how busy they are and who they're playing. Uh, obviously, you want to win the Carolina game, so, but I think that would require winning three out of the four games – um yeah caps they're still playing good hockey like they're not they're not you know they're either hit or miss right it's like they score eight goals or they give up eight goals like it's it's such a hit or miss team with them and it depends what night you get them but then again the devils that's been the boogeyman for the devils i know they finally put them to bed this year but listen i i and then the leafs too right like I That's, almost yeah. like I, I almost like don't give a shit about the the mate the Montreal game because the other three games are like the Leafs right the last time the Leafs were at the Rock Heineken was on ice right we all remember that right <laughs> yeah. so um, you know I I hope the Rock I, is is Murray back are we getting Murray no tomorrow? I think it's gonna be Sam Sonoff or if not Joseph Wall uh, or Wall however you pronounce that um, damn I, I, I think Matt Murray's the Rock. Out until- yeah, he's out until like the playoffs. I think are close to it. I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Oh, that's that's unfortunate because I think The Rock would have a very lovely welcome for. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's not starting, but I'll double check that uh, either tonight or tomorrow when they have their morning skate too. Yeah, so but I mean, right? Like these are three games. Like the Leafs, you want to win that one because that's a top team in the East and the history that we have this past season. Uh, Caps, you want to win that one just because of the history over the past couple seasons, how much they've just run the Devils into the ground. So that's almost like a personal measuring stick, right? You want to beat the Canadians because they beat us last time, but then again, that was the stomach bug game. Uh, yeah. And then the Canes, right? Like if 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 everything keeps hold here that could that, that this is you know this could be for the division right here yeah uh, not saying it will be but you know this is huge implications is huge. that their last matchup with the hurricanes this season i think it is right um well we don't do facts here but i'll check real quick um yeah. <laughs> that's right i forgot to say yeah. fact free show <laughs> yeah no that is the last game against the canes yeah, so, so like this is the one. last this is the last chance for a four-point swing in one game yeah, so, and that's why you want to win at least two of the. I mean, not a, you definitely want to win two of the three games before that, right? Like you take obviously beat the Leafs and then one of the Capitals and the Canadians that way, because you have got to pe- keep pace with the Hurricanes too, and they're not really losing games that much right now. So you got to get at least two of those games before you play Carolina just to keep pace with them. Um, and then if you can beat Carolina, uh, I think you know that keeps them that keeps you in. 
in the chase with them for first place. Uh, if you lose to that game, I think it'd be tough to catch them and you kind of locked into second place, especially if you lose a couple games before then. Um, so yeah, big week for them. It could decide the Metropolitan Division, depending on how things shake out. Uh, the Rangers are probably not catching the Devils at this point. It would, would really take a heater on their part, and the Devils really haven't going on a skid. Nine points in 20 games is a lot to make up, but Devils still have a shot at first place, and that Hurricanes game on Sunday evening looms large. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. I was talking about it with a Rangers fan today. There's no way that if you're a Devils fan or a Rangers fan, either side of the river, you're confident going into that first-round series. But if you have the division wrapped up, and you're you're playing a, a Florida or an Islanders or a Penguins. You pick you pick your team, right? Possibly the Capitals. Like you you have more confidence going into that series. Not saying it's going to be easy, but you have a lot more confidence going into that series than you do with the Rangers. Yeah, and then you know if the Rangers too, they're probably hoping the Devils don't get the. Maybe they do prefer the Hurricanes, but if the Hurricanes fall a second place and it'd be Rangers Hurricanes too in the the first round, that could be that'd be spicy given the way the last uh, they played each other last year too to be frank if you're a rangers fan you want the hurricanes you own the hurricanes uh, i guess but i don't know i mean the hurricanes the hurricanes are a regular season team i guess yeah i said they it might be. they might be i don't know we'll find out we'll find out um that'd be an interesting matchup but yeah this is definitely a big week for the devils uh you know when it comes to chasing the hurricanes for first place they, it's still definitely up for grabs yeah anything else you want to add alex no that's it for me all right. Well, uh, this has been one of our shorter ones, even though we're at 52 minutes, but um, it, it was a fun one um, and huge week ahead. I will be at The Rock for Timo's debut tomorrow. Timo time at The Rock. Place will be bumping. Um, please, please, NHL, don't give this one to the Leafs again. I, this, just don't do it. That's just wrong. Um, outside of that, uh, that is a wrap on episode 22. Uh, please follow Alex on all the platforms, on Twitter, on on Instagram, uh, uh, Hockey Writers, and Infernal Access. Uh, anything else you want to plug there, Alex? Uh, no, that's good. I mean, I guess you can LinkedIn with me if you want, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, connect. That's uh, we call that connecting. Yeah, I see. That's I don't really. Aside from posting my articles on LinkedIn, I don't use it. So yeah, <laughs> just busting that's, that's enough. Uh, well, that's a wrap on episode 22. Thank you all for listening and uh, have a great week. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils. <laughs>